This reading is from the Gospel of John, the 17th chapter. And uh, what I want to talk about a little bit before I read this particular part of, of, of the chapter is that the 17th chapter is often called Jesus' high priestly prayer. It is, in the Gospel of John, it is, um, it is his prayer that he prays after what we consider to be the Last Supper in John, after he's washed the disciples' feet, after he's given them, you know, the commandment to love one another as I have loved you. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting prayer because it, it sort of has this three-part thing to it. And it begins where he, Jesus prays for himself. Jesus prays for himself. And then in the section we're going to hear, he prays for the, the disciples that are with him at the time. And then right after the section that I'm going to read, he prays for those who will come after. So he prays for himself, he prays for those who are with him, and then in a sense he prays for us. Because we are those, even though it's 2,000 years, uh, we are those who have come come after. But we're gonna, I'm going to read from the, the part where he where he prays for uh, the disciples that are with him at the moment. So listen to these words of Jesus. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost, so that scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they may also be sanctified in truth. So there's a lot going on there. And you could, I think you could take two lines and, and do a sermon for weeks out, out of this. There's just so much, it's so rich. And, and in the Greek, there, there's lots, uh, it's, it's very poetic in a way, um, because the, the language begins to, re, to reflect and he repeats certain phrases in certain ways. And so you don't necessarily get the full effect in English sometimes of how this might, as if you were a, if you were a Greek reader or speaker, um, how that, how that comes through. But I want to I want to focus on um, I want to focus on four words, four words. 
three Greek words and an English word. Given, tereo, hen, and that's not a chicken, by the way, and hagiatso. Okay, so given. One of the things that Jesus keeps talking about here is how God has given him, God has given him these people. God has given him these disciples. That they, that they, in a sense, were a gift to Jesus for him, for him to be a steward of, for him to teach and to train and to, and to, and to, and to be the word of God for. And so as I thought about this, this given language and how Jesus was just so, um, focused on that, that I've, that I've been with them and I've, I've taken care of them. We're going to hear about that later. I thought about just the pure fact that on Mother's Day, I think most of us parents, at some point in our time, in our, in our life, realized that we were given these children. Sometimes we asked for them. But we were given these children. And they are a gift. And we are stewards of their lives. And beyond that, that as Christians, one of the overarching themes of Scripture is that life is a gift. That we have been given this life. That we have been given the gifts and skills and talents that we have. We've been given opportunities in our lives to grow and to learn and to change. We are given opportunities to love and to serve. And we are stewards of those opportunities. And that when we are at our best, when we are at our best, we live in the grace of what we are given. Now, I don't know about you, but this, this past week, uh, before, before God turned up the thermostat there Friday, Saturday, um, I mean, I was just reveling in what I've been given in terms of beauty outside and the, and just the ability to be outside without, without feeling like I was, you know, having a shower all the time, you know, just to be, to be in the beauty of this. And I didn't do anything to create that. And I could have ignored it, right? I could just, I could be, had my head down, got to get this done, got to go here, got to go there. I mean, the, the week was just as busy as any other week. You know how it is. I mean, all of a sudden, you, you know, you look up and it's Friday or Saturday and you're like, what day of the week is it? I'm not really sure. All I did, I just ran, you know. But I, but for whatever reason this week, I just, there were just times when I was able to stop and just receive the grace of the gift of the beauty of the earth. I was talking yesterday, uh, had a couple of wonderful uh, graduation events that I got to go to yesterday and and, and people were asking, well, how's your family and all of this? And, and, and as I started talking about how my family was doing, I was, I just, I was overwhelmed with the grace of it. Overwhelmed with it. Cause I know that, I know that it doesn't, it isn't always that way. All things are not always going up and to the right, you know? But to be with these families celebrating those graduations and to be able to share about what my family is doing, to receive what's being given, and to be a steward of it. And that's, I think, what Jesus is talking about. And so just with that word given, I, I would love for you to, to consider what, what is it that you are being given in your life? Because sometimes we're given things that we don't think are helpful to us. 
And oftentimes those things that we don't think are helpful often help us grow in ways that we don't understand. So how can we be grateful for all those things that we have been given in God? The next word is tereo, which in the, in the NRSV, which is what I read today, um, the New Revised Standard Version, it gets translated protect, protect them, or I protected them, Jesus says. Um, um, I kept, uh, I, another translation could be, I kept them, it's like keep. Um, but what I love about this word is, is it is, um, it's attend to carefully. I thought, what a great word for Mother's Day. Right? As parents, I think we're called to tereo our children. To keep them. To protect them. To attend to carefully. It's not helicopter tereo. Right? Okay? <laughs> attend to carefully. And so these things that we're given, then, we are stewards of, and we are to attend to them carefully, to reto. And I, just, I love this, this thing of Jesus, you know, the Son of God, the one who we come to know as our Savior, says, I kept them, I protected them, you protected them, but you gave them to me and I kept them. I attended to them carefully. And I just, it just struck me, just the, the care and the beauty of it, along with that givenness. You gave these to me, I cared for them carefully. Again, I think our call as, as people of faith is as we, as we think about just the grace and the giftedness that we have, how are we attending to things carefully? Can we attend to things carefully when, when we have so many things that we, we said we would attend to that we can't, we don't have a chance to breathe and to actually receive the grace of God? How do we attend to things carefully? How do we attend to ourselves carefully? Because it's easy, and it's an easy, it's an easy sermon to preach that we should be out there doing and caring for other people and taking care of things and doing all of that. But God gave us ourselves, gave us our life to also attend to carefully, to keep and to protect, to nurture and to grow. And so it's, it's sort of that, that dual thing of how do we take care of ourselves. Love, love your neighbor as yourself. You've heard me talk about this a lot. Oftentimes we forget the as yourself part. We think we're loving our neighbor, but we're doing a really horrible job of loving ourselves, caring for ourselves. Ten. Which is means one. That's It's a pretty simple word. One. And in the and in the scripture here, so basically he says, help them to be one, and as we are one. And oftentimes people have talked about unity, that 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 the Christians, Christian unity and and sisterhood, brotherhood, all that sort of thing. But we've often, I think, we've often talked about unity as sort of being in lockstep with each other, that we believe the same things, say the same things, do the same things, and I don't. I don't know that that's what exactly what is meant here. It is very, it's pretty definitive about one, meaning not divided. 
Uh, and, I, and so I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little bit into a, into into the Joel interpretation. So just know that this is the Joel Revised Standard Version, not you know, not the Authorized Standard Version. Okay. But I thought about this um, in in the way of being complete or whole. There's another word, another Hebrew word where that that means peace. That also really means completeness or wholeness. Does anybody know what it is? Shalom. Thank you. Very good. Yes. And so I, I felt like I just I don't know why those, those seem to resonate together for me. This this oneness because we think about we think about Jesus saying, um, "Let them be complete. Let them be whole as we are whole as we are one. Let them live into a relationship." with each other and with us as we live into God, the Father, this relationship that we have. We know that we, we believe that God is a, trinity, is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and there is a oneness there that's a deep mystery that we continue to plumb the depths of. And so I believe we are called then into this oneness with the family of God, with our brothers and sisters, because remember, he's talking to the ones that are gathered around him, that are following him, where we are made more and more complete and whole all the time. Today, we are going to be made more complete and whole as Drew becomes part of this family. We're going to be made more complete and whole. Look at that, i got to talk. And so just thinking about, thinking about hen, that, that, that oneness, that completeness, that wholeness, that we then are also called to, to encourage that in the world. Most of the time when you, when, if you've ever, if you've ever been around folks who struggle with addiction, um, especially if they've encountered, um, the AA program or, or really even the NA programs, any of the 12 step programs that come out of that, um, a, a lot of the, the original teaching about that was that there was a spiritual hole in people's lives. There was an incompleteness that that someone was trying to to fill, and that the drugs, um, the food, the alcohol, whatever the addiction was, made them feel complete. Filled that hole. One person called it a God-shaped hole. And it is when, and and it is when. In the, in the 12-step process, it is when they acknowledge a higher power that is part of seeking to put in that God-shaped hole the right kind of thing to make one complete again. And so how is it? Where is it in your life where you're not feeling whole or complete? What is it that you're filling that with? How are you? What 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 is that about? And how might you within the community or, or within your family or in your faith, how might you come to, to live into that oneness that Jesus prays for us? And then, hagiatso. Hagiatso. Which here is translated sanctify. Sanctify them in your truth. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. But hagiadso is the word that gets translated hallowed in hallowed be your name. 
from the worst place. Not the opposite. Be made holy. Make them holy. And I don't know if you know this, but the word holy really means to set apart for special service. It's not holier than thou. That's usually how we sort of take it, right? That all that we're somehow special or whatever. But it's to be set apart for special service. Sometimes in the church, we, we, we understand this, especially in the ways of ordination. In the Presbyterian church, we ordain our elders um, not, because, not because they're holier than thou, but because they're set apart for special service. They've been called to a special way of leading in the church. I was ordained as a minister of word and sacrament. It doesn't make me holier than now. It makes me set apart for a specific task or task within the body of Christ. Sanctify them. Hagiatso. Make them holy. And what I love about this too is he doesn't say sanctify them so that they can just be holy and they can sit in a room with each other and worship and pray together and feel really great about themselves and go home and have dinner with mom. He says, I'm not taking them out of the world. Sanctify them, make them holy, set apart for special service to be in the world. To live into your word that I've given. To be people who understand the grace of what they've been given. To protect it and keep it and attend to it carefully. Who become more and more complete. Who know they are set apart. Made holy for special service in the world. And all of this, all of this is already done in Jesus. All of this is already made complete and whole. All of us have already been made holy and set apart in God's name. And so the invitation now is to live into this life that we've been given. And remember, Jesus prays for himself, he prays for the disciples, and he prays for you. May you be made whole. Amen.